I, I, I have this theory that like if you if you just love something and if you know that you're meant for it, it'll it'll happen for you. Um, so there isn't there. I I was saying before like I don't. I wish there was a science to this. I wish I could say that there's like there's these like here's seven steps to success. Um, but there really aren't besides like take care of yourself. You know, like just make sure that you're really taking care of your mental health and your <clears throat> physical health and just your well-being in general because you are your product. You're listening to Creative Breakthrough, the podcast that provides you with the strategies to elevate your creative passion to the next level. I'm your host, creative hustler, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassam, AKA the funny brown girl. And yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Hey, welcome to the Creative Breakthrough. I am your host, Shireen Kassam, AKA the funny brown girl. Hey, thank you guys so much for being with me week after week. And if you're a new listener, thank you for joining us on this podcast. Hey, special shout out to all of you who sent me congratulations and positive energy with my conversation with Ali Velshi a couple weeks ago. Having Ali on my podcast was always a dream. It was on my list of people that I wanted to have on this podcast, and I was so, so thankful and grateful when it was able to happen. And then more thankful and grateful when you all reached out to tell me how much you appreciated that episode. It was a great conversation with Ali, and I'm so glad that you all found it super useful as well. Hey, special shout out to Africa. You all are showing up and showing love to this podcast. We are trending in Kenya, Zimbabwe, South Africa, and Nigeria. So thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and your family. Hey, if you're curious, wait, how do I share this podcast? Super easy. Okay. So if you're listening to this podcast right now on Google or Spotify, there is a share button and you can share this podcast to Instagram. You can share it on WhatsApp. You can share it on email, even text messaging. So hit that share button and send it to someone who you think would find this podcast interesting. I didn't forget about you, Apple listeners. Hey, Apple listeners, if you're listening to this on an Apple device, do you mind leaving a review? It doesn't have to be long. It can be very short. Just hit the five stars and press submit. Leaving a review helps this podcast go around the algorithm and discovered by more listeners. And also, if you want to do me an extra, extra solid, hit that subscribe button as well. And if you're on YouTube listening to this, hit that like button. That like button helps the algorithm show this episode to more and more people. Now, if you're a new listener and you're like, wow, I'm so excited to be here. I hope I get a lot out of this podcast. You will get a lot out of this podcast. We're now almost 70 episodes deep. Now, you're probably thinking, well, I don't have time to listen to 70 episodes. That's okay. Go to funnybrowngirl.com and take the quiz. Take the podcast quiz, and we'll give you a roadmap on where to start and what podcast episodes are perfect for you to start with, depending on where you are in your journey. And the last announcement before we get into today's conversation I have started another podcast. It is called Radio Rejects Live. It is with my co-host, Phil Bird. We were both on the radio. We are both now not on the radio. And every other week, we go live on Facebook to do a visual podcast, mostly about food and TV. So if you really like food and eating and TV shows, join us. Go to facebook.com, search Radio Rejects Live, join our group and interact with us and watch the replays or watch us live. And if you want to go an extra mile, 
Hit me up on Instagram. Follow me at Funny Brown Girl on Facebook, Funny Brown Girl, or TikTok or Twitter, and I'll remind you when we're going live so you don't have to be always on Facebook to get the notifications. Okay, this week I'm super excited to be talking to Nelu Honda. Nelu and I met a couple years ago when I was doing the Toronto Comedy Festival, and she runs, she runs a showcase for women of color, and she invited me to be on it, and it was one of the best showcases I have ever been on. This interview was actually taped in November of 2019. Nelo Honda is an actor and writer whose work has been featured on Working Moms, Baroness Von Sketch Show, and John. She's the creator of Yas Queen, now called Mirchi, Toronto's longest-running night of comedy featuring women of color. Like I mentioned, very, very awesome show. If you are in Toronto or happen to be having a stopover in Toronto, definitely check out this showcase. Currently, she is a writer for A Little Late with Lily Singh. She's been featured in Flair's How I Made It list, fashion magazine women's Taking Over Comedy, and named one of the top 10 comedic minds in Toronto. So, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, for the listeners, if you didn't piece all that together, and Nilu and I met in Toronto. I was doing the She Dot Comedy Festival, and she runs a really cool show in Toronto called Yas Queens, which is a show for women of color, a comedy show and an improv. Right? You do improv as well on the show. Yeah, it's just a yeah, it's a comedy night. So whatever kind of format people want to come on with, yeah, just just do something funny on stage. Yeah, and it we was super cool. Because I had never mm-hmm. been on a showcase. One, I'd never been on a showcase. Well, I have. Never mind. I With all women, but all women of color. And so that was super mm. cool to see so many women of color and all having different stories and experiences to talk about. Yeah. Isn't that the coolest part, though? I feel like, yeah, because I feel like when you say women of color, it's like, oh, that's one thing. But it's absolutely not. It's absolutely not. There's so many different narratives and so many different perspectives. So it's, it's, yeah, it's fun to showcase all that and give a space for uh, people to express themselves who probably haven't felt comfortable to do it before or safe to do it before. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I, I'm proud of the room. I feel like it's a really good place to, um, yeah, to, yeah, say all your ideas and just be funny and not really worry about any of the BS that comes along with doing comedy <laughs> in the city, you know? <laughs> what spurred you to start a show like this? Ooh, um, it was a couple things. Uh, number one, I needed something to do uh, <laughs> because I, <laughs> I was an actor, uh, just an actor, at that, not just, but like I had just started out doing it full time and uh, as, you know, as it happens, it was just kind of slow and so I was constantly like kind of like trying to fill my days with things and when the opportunity came up, it was the result of, um, I'd done a fellowship program for uh, diverse people at uh, the Second City here in Toronto, and um, that's an improv place where uh, they taught us a bunch of improv, uh, and we built some sketches together. And I've been doing Second City since like 2010 or so, but this particular group of people were all people of color, and it was just uh, it was kind of eye opening for me because it had been not so many people of color on the scene up until that point, I feel like there was a few and I knew all of them, uh, but just to see that there was more. Uh, and then specifically all the women in our group, there was probably like eight of us, we really like bonded. Uh, and then when the opportunity came up to run uh, something at this theater, I was just like, oh, 
maybe this thing. And I had no intention for it to be more than like, I don't know, a couple months or so. But it's been like, we just celebrated four years. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of it. I'm pretty, I think it was awesome. I wish I could do something like that here. We don't have that many enough women of color to be the same women of color every week. (laughs) Maybe that's not a bad thing though. Maybe it could be like a quarterly or something, right? Yeah, no, that's true. It's true. How has it evolved? Like you celebrated, sorry, what'd you say? Sorry. I was just, (laughs) I was just going to say, if you build it, they will come. (laughs) I don't know. I'm in Florida. I'm not sure how many will come. I feel like there's like this fear of getting shot. Um, <laughs> total oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> I do every day, too. Hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so one question I always actually like to start my, my interviews asking is, uh, when did your creative journey begin? Ooh. Um, I think I've always been that kind of person. Uh, the performer in me is pretty strong. Uh, I remember I got my first big laugh in grade six. It was like, uh, uh, twins day or like couple day at school. And so my friend and I dressed up like Mickey and Minnie Mouse. (laughs) And when we're on stage for the, (laughs) when we're on stage for the like adjudication, uh, we were just standing there and I, I, I turned to her and I'm like, Hey, how about we wave like the queen? And so we started just twisting from the waist and doing like a very simple hand, uh, hand wave to the audience. And everyone just burst out laughing. And I was like, Oh, this is a thing. This is a feeling. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) and I think I just always thrived with that stuff. It was just my happiest place. Um, and yeah, so I think the creative stuff just kind of came through me in the way of uh, performing comedy. Uh, and then in high school, I did uh, I, I wrote a bunch of sketches for things and was in drama. So I got more active and structured with it. And then, um, yeah, I tried to I just tried to have it be as much a part of my life as I could. Very cool. Then I went to business school, as one does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw that. So you went to business school. So then how did you transition then from, I, I you worked in corporate America for a little bit, I think, right? In marketing? Corporate Canada. Corporate yes, Canada. Right. Sorry. Corporate Canada. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> how did Which you- is probably a lot like corporate America. Uh, I think, I feel like ours is a little bit more cutthroat. <laughs> I could feel, oh, I feel maybe. like Canadians maybe. are like, oh, no worries. No worries. It's okay. No big deal. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're real passive aggressive like that, <laughs> but it is a big deal behind the scenes. We're really pissed at behind the scenes. We won't say it to your face though. <laughs> Canadians have emotions too, Shereen. I know you do. I'm Canadian we as well. Things. Oh, there you go. See, <laughs> I am so passive aggressive, but really inside, I just want to snap your head off. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, not you yeah, personally. You can just tell me if you feel that. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's good. We're off to a good start. <laughs> um, okay, so you went to business school for undergrad. Like, what did you? What What was that decision? Like, why not theater school or drama school? And then, how did you transition out of corporate Canada back into the the arts? Yeah, um, I was raised by very pragmatic immigrant <laughs> parents. Uh, so, and also the climate being what it was at that time, I didn't, I didn't see myself on television or in movies that were like non Bollywood. And I don't know Hindi well enough to be in Bollywood. <laughs> um, but there was no real, there was no examples of 
Um, there, we didn't have a Mindy growing up. Um, I had Manjula from The Simpsons, and she was voiced by a white woman. Mm, yeah. There was like no women and brown women in comedy. So, um, yeah, I feel like it was just like it wasn't even an option. Like I didn't think of comedy as anything uh, that I could get into. And then, so I went to business school and then I worked for a long time in different places, marketing and, um, had a bunch of like shadow careers. So like I worked like adjacent to performance. So like I would work for like MTV and then I worked for like a big, uh, broadcast entertainment company here in Canada. Um, and, uh, yeah, the opportunity just came. So I, I had started doing improv in 2010, as I mentioned, and by, I think 20. 12 I got an agent just uh, through a friend and then I booked a commercial for a bank uh, at the same time that I was working full-time in a marketing job and then when that marketing job I was on a contract covering someone else's mat leave uh, when it came up uh, I didn't have a job that was in the company like my boss was like do you do you we can't find anything for you and I'm like yeah I know because I don't want to be here <laughs> uh so I just decided to <laughs> I just decided to make the make the jump and just be like well I might as well do it now because if I don't do it now I'll do it in five years from now and then I'll just be mad that I didn't do it five years earlier mm-hmm. um so yeah that was in 2014 and so now this is going to air in like 2020 right yes or 2019. 2019. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a yeah, solid five and a half years and um, it's been going good. And you do, but yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of tough decisions along the way, but I remember like it felt very, very like easy for me to make the choice of like, no, I'm going to try this. Like I wasn't really scared in like a, uh, in like a, re- <laughs> a reasonable way. I think you need a bit of crazy to <laughs> embark on this career. And I got it. So there you go. Looking back on it, is there anything you wish you had done differently when you decided to leave corporate Canada and take the plunge? Um, no, no, I don't think so. Um, the only thing I really miss from that life is printers, you know, <laughs> just getting being able to print stuff during the day. Um, that's a bit, yeah, I just, I don't know everything that made me comfortable in corporate world I have now. So like, I've got like coverage through the actors union and all that stuff. I've got benefits and all that. And like, you know, I'm my own boss basically Mm -hmm. now. So it's nice to have days off here and there and I don't have to lie about wanting to work from home (laughs) (laughs) kind of thing. You know, it's that it's, it feels like, you know, I, I like to say that I traded my nine to five for my 24 uh, seven, which what is what this career feels like. Like it's a constant for me. Um, and I like it that way. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like I'm more whole as a person because right. I, that's cool. And so you're a full-time creative, like you, that's all you do now. Creativity stuff, like not creative, creative stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah. I've been uh, uh, writing a lot more for, uh, different comedy shows here in Canada. So uh, that's been that's been a big part of my year so far. And then uh, little acting gigs come up uh, here and then. So yeah, I've been very lucky to be able to have a diverse career like that. That's super cool. So I want to talk more about that stuff that you just mentioned. So you, you are on Working Moms, which I saw you because I was like, I was watching it and I was like, wait a minute, I know her and it like didn't click 
like right away because <laughs> I kept I kept looking at you and I was like, there's not that many South Asian actresses. I have to know. I've seen her somewhere else, but like it didn't click that I actually like knew you, knew, knew you like. So and I was like, oh, my when I when it finally clicked, I was like, oh, my God, I was like freaking out inside. I'm like, I know her. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit like for the aspiring actors who are listening um to this episode like talk to us a little bit like how did you go about that audition and land that role and then just how is it actually just being on set oh yeah um I had auditioned a lot by then uh so I had a lot of practice with uh doing uh doing auditions in person and then this one specifically was a self-tape so I had to do it at home and I had my good friend do it for me um harveen core who's now on manifest on nbc um so it's like it's adorable because she broke right after that happened and like yeah it was just this like really great little synchronicity um but that was like yeah i just i got the part off of a self-tape which i've never done before um and then i yeah, I just, you know, being on set and stuff, uh, it was wonderful because all my scenes were basically cast scenes. So I was working with really <laughs> seasoned, wonderful actors um, and they made me look good. <laughs> thing. Uh, it, was a, it was a big learning curve, though. I had been on set a bunch of times up until that point, but nothing that was like a recurring role. Um, and it was just kind of fun to develop this character and kind of like live in Jade's space for a bit and be, you know, the single mom of twins. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun and it was, um, you know, one thing I'll say about, uh, being on a set is like, just make friends with everybody, like just get to know everybody. Um, you know, the craft people, the makeup and hair people become your best friends and, you know, wardrobe and stuff like that. And there's just, especially because the industry is so small at at the end of the day, you're going to work with these people over and over again. And it's just really good to start building relationships with Mm -hmm. people. Totally. That totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. What are some like tips you have for Mm -hmm. people when you do audition? Oh, um, don't be too hard on yourself is the number one. I remember when I would mess up an audition and I wanted the earth to swallow (laughs) me. (laughs) or like uh, you know um holding on too tight to the expectation and like to um to thinking that if you don't get this the world is going to end because um you know what's for you won't pass by you is like a thing that I like to believe in so I think just yeah I, I think just really keeping your your perspective uh in that space because this industry can feel very competitive, but if you just focus on uh, finding the things that are right for you, um, audition for everything is what I'd say too, uh, because you never know what's going to happen. I've booked parts that I never thought I would be like considered for, but one thing you have to remember is that if you get asked to come into an audition, uh, they've already looked at hundreds of people on their list of people to choose. So even making it for an audition is like a huge jump into, you know, getting in front of casting directors and like, you know, making your agent feel like you're a good, you know, a, a good person on the roster. So you get out there and uh, start showing yourself and uh, yeah, just get the practice of doing it all. Um there's, I haven't taken an audition class before, but I know that there's like a lot of on-camera classes you can take, which I think would be a good investment if you feel pretty nervous in front of a camera or need to know, uh, you know, how to 
you know, how to, how to be with the camera, because that's not, that's, that's a skill that you can learn. That's a skill you have to learn. Hey, it's me, Shreen. Sorry to interrupt. Creative Breakthrough listeners, are you enjoying this episode? If so, I have a quick favor. Could you leave us a review, whether on Apple, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you're listening from? It's a great way to pay it forward and let other creatives know about the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, I'll get back to the original interview now. Thanks. Bye. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of practical things to do. And then just like, just know your lines <laughs> is something I'd say. Like, don't bring your sides in, I would say. Like, try not to read off just know your lines because the lines are really secondary to like how you how you say the lines you know like if you can be that character um so yeah I think I think those those how many tips that was, yeah that was a lot thank you those were great 35, <laughs> 35 yeah yeah those are those are things to think about yeah so you, so you were in Working Moms, or and now you're also writing. You're doing. Um, you're a writer for the Beaverton and the Baroness Vaughn sketch show, which um are both you are both available on TV right now. So tell us about that. Like, how did you get? How did you hone that writing skill and get into the writers room? Um, I was uh I was on Baroness Von Sketch in the first season. I did uh, one of the sketches, and I had known uh, a couple of the Baronesses before um, from Second City. Uh, and then I I remember I was on set, and Carolyn Taylor, one of the Baronesses, really uh, took an interest in me. We just started talking, and um, she's really wonderful. Uh, and then she asked me to like uh, go out for a meal and like just talk about a couple things and. Uh, she asked me if I wanted to submit a writing package to, um, if they got a season two. Uh, and I was like, Oh sure. Yeah. Why not? I try that. And so I wrote some sketches and then submitted them and sure enough, they got a, a season two. And then, um, yeah, I was able to write in that room for like a week or so, uh, which was such invaluable, wonderful experience. And for it to be my first writing room was quite, quite charmed. Um, because having that credit on my resume, uh, really, propelled me into the next step. Uh, so I think that like helped immensely. Um, and then offers just started to come in. Uh, I think one of the things too, is that I'm a woman of color. Um, and that pool isn't very big here in Canada. Um, so I think, uh, I was just able to kind of catch the wind at a good time and, uh, be able to like get an opportunity to like show my skills and just be able to like hone that. So I think that really helped like just kind of being, uh, in a niche that, uh, the world's really aching to have, uh, be represented in rooms. Uh, yeah, I got lucky that way. That's awesome. I, and I wanted to ask for the people mm. who might not know, what is a writer's package or writing package? Oh, a writing package. Um, typically, each show that asks for submissions for writing samples will uh, outline a couple things that they need, uh, that they want to see in your style. So uh, they'll probably say, you know, if it's a sketch comedy show, they'll say, write like uh, two sketches that are no longer than three pages and like one blackout scene. Or like if it's a more narrative show, they probably want to see like you, if you've written like an original pilot or just whatever you've written in the day, like, you know, like um, something that's made it to air perhaps. Uh, so yeah, it, it really varies from show to show. 
Got it. Okay, cool. And then do mm -hmm. for like for somebody who wanted to be a writer, is that something you would need an agent for to get into or can they do it without uh, an agent? I have an agent, which has helped immensely. Um, you don't need an agent, I would say. Uh, I think if you are a good networker and you know the right people to talk to, uh, I think that helps immensely with a career. Um, and if you're just like on it and, you know, you're an ambitious person who wants to, you know, write and show their work and keep honing it and stuff. I'm, I, I have this theory that like, if you, if you just love something and if you know that you're meant for it, it'll, it'll happen for you. Um, so there isn't there, I, I was saying before, like, I don't, I wish there was a science to this. I wish I could say that there's like, there's these like, here's seven steps to success. Um, but there really aren't besides like take care of yourself, you know, like just make sure that you're really taking care of your mental health and your <clears throat> physical health and just your well-being in general, because you are your product, like you are your work. Yeah. So I think that's really key and important. And like, just like liking people, <laughs> I think is an important thing because uh, I look back and I'm like, oh, this is all this stuff has come to me because I was able to talk to this person uh, who remembered me when their friend asked them if they knew of any writers who could come into this room. Uh, that's happened to me more than once. And I think that all that stuff accumulates. So just being kind to people and like, you know, doing your best work and just being engaged and paying attention to your environment. I think, you know, when you bring a good positive energy to a place, people remember it. Um, and it's like a better experience for yourself too. So I always try to do that this morning when I was on set, I was like super sleepy in the morning <laughs> and I was like apologetic to people. I'm like, yo, I'm really tired right now. I'll wake up in a bit and I'll be a different person. Um, <laughs> but for now I just need to sip a coffee and be quiet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, just, uh, just be, yeah, just be you and honest and nice. I think that yeah, helps. And I love that. And I think that's the great part of being creatives is that we all have a different story to tell and different experiences. So it's like we all have our own swim lane. So it's we can be supportive of each other and help each other. And those are the people you remember when you need something at the end of the day, like when you need to know, like if you have a recommendation for somebody to be in a writer's room, you're obviously going to pick the person who who supported you and who was there for you versus somebody who was like super competitive and unwilling to help. There's that, um, that, what is that? It's like a, a three like triangle thing where it's like, you have to have, uh, two or three things. So it's like, one is like, you're incredibly talented. Uh, another is like, you always get your work done. And three is that, uh, people like you kind of thing. Like you're really great with people. If you have two of, if you have one of those things, uh, it's going to be hard for you. If you have two of those things, wonderful. If you have three of those things, you got it made. Uh, so it's like, it's balancing all those skills, you know, like just, uh, trying your best to, to put your best foot forward at all times. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. And then something else you highlighted, and I'm glad you did is you highlighted that you were a woman of color. <laughs> so thank you. What are some of the challenges that you faced in the industry and how have you overcome them? Oh, um, I think, you know, I think I came into it at the right time. I often think about this. I'm like, what if I had just started earlier, like 10 years earlier or something? And 
I, I think I would have burned out. <laughs> I think I would have burned out and just like resorted to a corporate career to be like, ah, I gave it my best shot because I don't think the climate was ready for it. Uh, we weren't sought after, you know, people of color. Um, it wasn't really, um, you know, our market. Uh, but now it seems like there's so many more opportunities for us to uh, create our own work. Like, you know, Yas Queen has done a lot for me personally uh, in terms of, how people know me, uh, which I think is uh, invaluable um, because it, it is such a good representation of what, I, what I'm what i an advocate for. Um, and then, um, uh, you know, it's things that I think doesn't get really talked about. Um, one of the challenges I face as being a woman of color is uh, it's just the society that we've we live in and probably the cultures that we come from. I come from a, I'm, I'm Punjabi. Um, and I come from a culture where women aren't really listened to, uh, to be quite frank. Uh, we're not expected to be individuals. We're expected to be, uh, daughters and sisters and wives and mothers. Uh, so we're in relation to everyone in the family unit. Whereas here, when we live up, we live in this Western world and as our, Western culture gets more spread out amongst the world. Uh, it's the idea of individuality and being honest with yourself and being happy for yourself versus like what other people will think of you. So I think as a woman of color, we're not really, we're not helped uh, in a way to be strong in independent people. Uh, historically, anyhow, I, I feel like things are changing nowadays from what I see on the internet. Um, girls are being much more encouraged to uh, speak up and, uh, you know, say their mind and stuff. So I think my biggest challenge has been making myself believe myself <laughs> and like letting myself have a voice, which sounds ludicrous for anyone who knows me because I am quite a vocal person. Uh, but uh, just really being just so honest about the things that I need and want in my life uh, and not backing down from like, you know, you know, a typical scenario is like, let's just say that it's like a room full of white men and they are voicing their opinion back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You can feel really shut down as a woman and then specifically as a woman of color, forget about it. Like it's really hard to get your foot in there, but I, I like to carry a little white man in me uh, and I turn him on. <laughs> and so I just become in that room and I just, I know that my opinion is just as valid as theirs is. And what my joke mm -hmm. is, I don't have to filter it a million times before I say it. Uh, one thing I noticed about men, they will say every idea that comes right. to them. Mm -hmm. Women will refine, refine, refine till they get the perfect one, come out, and then that'll probably not be listened to. And <laughs> a man will repeat yep. it later <laughs> and say yep. it's their uh -huh. own jokes. Yeah, that's happened. Same in the boardroom. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens everywhere, right? So mm -hmm. I think I think the biggest challenge for women of color and the biggest opportunity is just know you're the shit, man. Like just don't don't settle for feeling like you don't belong or something because society hasn't made us feel like we belong. And especially um, when you come from a different culture and you don't have that example at home, uh, you have to make it for yourself. You have to find your people. You have to like find your mentors uh, and you have to like think about the person that you are and who you want to be and just kind of keep that mindset that, you know, you're, you're worth it. Just do, do your thing because the world wants to hear it, actually. Like, they really do want to hear your voice.
They need to because we're all bored of dick jokes, yep. aren't we? Yeah. Really <laughs> yes, we are, and that's like, and yeah. that's exactly what I was about. Yas Queens was so cool because I've been to showcases where it's five white men telling jokes, and all their jokes sound the same, and they're about the same topics. And you couldn't, you could take one joke and give it to somebody else to tell, and you wouldn't even know that it's not his joke. But on your show, it's like you've got five women, and like three could be South Asian, and all of them have different stories to tell and different jokes to tell. And that was just the coolest part is that we, we have these experiences and it's time for pe- people want to hear those now. Like people are ready to hear those stories. And I think what's exciting too, is that we want to tell them, you mm-hmm. know, like the, 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 the talent pool is getting larger and larger when I look around and when I like, you know, kind of check in with the community and stuff, it's like, Oh, there's more people coming. There's more people that are interested. This is great. Like, just keep coming because there has to be that, you know, that tipping point where, where we start, we're able to like help each other and make things for each other and give opportunities to each other. You know, like I have ambitions for that. Like I want to make like a, a show where I employ women of color in every aspect of it, you know, and not, not for the sake of like, Ooh, just like a political thing. It's just because, well, we need opportunities. How are we going to get them without, without someone advocating for us and being like, Hey, yeah, you come. I, I want you to learn this thing because I like you and I know that you're, uh, you're talented and you're skilled and we can develop this. Let's go do this thing. So that like, right. I think that like, uh, that succession planning, like that knowledge, uh, the passing of knowledge and stuff. Like, I, I think that's such a beneficial uh, it's a beneficial way to learn because it's just, it's experience, right? Like you need to, you need to just dive in and do stuff and do it for free too. I did a lot of work for free for a long time. <laughs> okay. So last question before we jump into the lightning round, just any parting advice that you have for creatives on their journey? Oh yeah. Um, just know that it's up and down and it's okay when it's down because it'll go up again. Um, you have to be comfortable. Yeah. You got to be comfortable with riding the wave because there's times that really suck and times when you just like want to quit and you don't think you're talented and it's huge imposter syndrome and all that stuff. But then, you know, the, the wind will catch your sails and then you'll be doing the thing that you love to do and feeling really productive and, uh, and it'll be, you know, well paid and you'll hang out with really cool people and get really cool opportunities and then the darkness will come again. <laughs> so just like be okay with that balance of it all. That no, that honestly took me a really long time to get used to. And uh, if, yeah, I think I still go through those bouts for sure. Like it's, it's, it's challenging. Um, it's ch- because you are your product, right? Like I, I mentioned that before, it's like, you got to really take care of yourself. So when you are in a down place, um, you know, when I was last time I was in a really down place, I got a therapist and I've been with her for like two years now. And it's been very helpful, uh, to do that just to like learn how to, how to know myself better. Uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of like, I think that's stabilized me a bit more. That's been mm-hmm. very helpful. Um, so yeah, just, yeah. And I'll echo that. I got, I got a therapist too. So it's not a bad thing, people listening. It's actually, I, it's probably one of the best things I've ever done for myself. Isn't it? Yeah. I think like most people would say that about their therapist. Like sometimes you got to find the right one, but like when you do, it's just good. Like it's good to be able mm-hmm. to say the things that you need to say that you don't really have someone to say to uh, sometimes because they're just so deep and personal. This is like a, 
um, you know, someone who won't judge you, which is such a beautiful thing. Okay. So the lightning round, I'm going to ask you five questions, rapid fire, and you just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Ooh, okay. And I know you're going to rock at this because you do improv. Oh so my God. That's a lot of pressure. No pressure. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> okay. Let's go. What's the best piece of advice you've received? Oh, if it's, uh, yeah. Uh, what's for you won't pass by you. What's your definition of success? Uh, laughing a lot in your day. <laughs> Who inspires you and why? Um, I think uh, my best friend inspires me a lot. Uh, she's also in the business and uh, she's just a really, really kind, generous heart. And I find that very inspiring because sometimes in this industry, uh, you, you turn off your kindness sometimes because you get so worried about not getting things. But um, yeah, when I look at her, she reminds me to give more than I get. What's a habit that's helped you on your journey? Uh, being persistent. What do you want your legacy to be? Ooh, um, just like I was a really great dancer. <laughs> and then what are you working on now? Uh, my own TV show. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Nilu, if our listeners wanted to connect with you online, where could they do that? Oh, um, they can find me on Instagram or Twitter. I think I'm going to kill my Facebook soon, to be honest. So uh, probably better to follow me at those. Uh, and it's just my name. So it's at N-E-L-U-H-A-N-D-A. -A. Um, and then if you want to learn more about Yas Queen, um, we have a hashtag, uh, which is hashtag uh, Yas Queen, which is spelled Y-A-S-K-W-E-E-N-T-O. Uh, and then also uh, at Yas Queen Comedy on Instagram or Facebook. We're still on Facebook. And, you, and your shows are when? Every month or every two months? Every month. Yeah, we're every month, the first Thursday. And we are up at Bad Dog Comedy Theater. And it's a 9.30 show. So, yeah, just get your babysitter now. Yes, if you're in Toronto, you should definitely check it out. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you for asking me. This was a lot of fun. You know what I loved about this episode is Nelu touched on everything in the creative process journey. She talked about everything from mental health to physical health, to putting a writing packet together, to going out there and being kind to people, networking and making your own opportunities. She did the whole 360 circle. And I think that is an amazing story that she told. Key takeaways from today's episode. One, build relationships with everyone and be kind. Two, don't be too hard on yourself. Three, what's for you won't pass you by. And if you recall, a couple episodes ago, Bevy Smith said the same thing. Four, take care of yourself. And five, use your voice. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thanks for listening. Stay connected about upcoming resources, including opportunities, festivals, competitions, and grants to help you grow your creative passion by subscribing to my bi-monthly newsletter by visiting funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. Don't miss out on a life-changing opportunity and subscribe today at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And hey, if you decide to go on Instagram today, follow me. I'm funnybrowngirl.
I'm Shereen Kassam, and you've been listening to Creative Breakthrough. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning.